We are CEOs, executives, educators, and professionals from all sectors of society who support the global expansion of betterment in the world through joy and joyly. I'm your host, Cheryl Lynn, founder of the Chair of Joy Experience. Together, we have developed the World Council of Joy, and our council invites CEOs and innovators from impactful organizations to the Joyly podcast. We showcase how generous, bold, and fully engaged they are in their work and what a culture of joy is to them. Good afternoon. My name is Cheryl Lynn. As you know, we are on the Joyly podcast, and I am super excited to welcome our guest today. And I always like to set an intention for the show. So the intention for the show today is that Dr. Paul Abel and I are in collaboration on this beautiful word called joy. So joy for me is um, something that I focus on and prioritize, and so does Dr. Abel. So our intention again today is to really focus and be enthusiastic together with all of you about this beautiful world word called joy. So Dr. Abel, you have a very formal education at California State University, Northwood graduate with a BA and a real college a PhD. So, and you're an author of Joy Is 365 Ways to Longevity. I cannot even tell you how extremely fascinated and excited I am to have you on the show today. So welcome. Thank you very much. Joy to be here. Yes. So you have been in the middle of some COVID stuff. So I'm just curious, is everything in your world healthy? Are you good? Are we flowing? I'm, if you can see, I'm a little bit on the pink side. Uh, I think I'm flushed today still from the second COVID shot, but I'm so grateful to be having at it. I feel well. It's just I, I know I'm a little bit flushed this morning. So forgive well, look, that. But other than that, I'm I'm doing really well. Well, you look and sound fantastic. And what a pleasure to meet you. I want to just jump right in there, right in here with my questions, because we have this much time and this much information I want to gather. So my first question is, do you believe that we are living in a joyless world? And if yes, why? And if not, why not? I don't think so. In fact, I, it, the world has always had stress and, and conflict and wars and all of that. In fact, this isn't a joyless world. It is a world, a, a polarized world, certainly. Um, and that ends up as causing stress. But that isn't a joyless world. There are people all over the place uh, in the world who, especially now for some reason, it's just exploded. Uh, I was 65 when I had my son. I'm now 74. I wrote the book mainly for my son as a legacy. Uh, what's important from what I had learned in life from all the spiritual teachers and all of the academic teachers and, and everything about really what's important in life. And the joy factor was something that, that I wanted to really focus on because I do believe that's the key to, is the key to longevity. And of course, when I fathered a son that late in life, I, I, I really, although I had been a longevity therapist, I worked at Pritikin Longevity Center and so forth, I really made the, the key up to find what was important in that that whole field that was salient to having joy. And so I think that that there's just so many things in the world going on right now focused on that. And when I wrote the book, I didn't think it would do much. And the, the publisher was just like so excited and, oh, this is going to be so hot right now. And it was. It shocked me. It became an international bestseller on Amazon in a couple of weeks. And he called me back. And he says, well, we can put the label on the book now that it's a bestseller. And I go, what? And there it was. So everybody's talking about joy. 
I think it's in the world. I don't think it's a joyless world. I think it's a wonderful world. I completely agree. Um, and, and I think that just having a conversation like we're having today and having people talk about joy more and more and more is the reason why uh, I'm doing what I'm doing, because I think the more we it's where energy goes is, is, is what flows back to us. So let's give it a lot of energy. I'm really excited about that. And you're not alone in this world. There are a lot of people doing joy workshops and, and joy consciousness lectures, and, and it's just really exploding right now in the world. Obviously. I and salute what... you for doing that, by the way. It's a, it's a wonderful thing that you're doing. Thank you. I want to gather all the folks and bring them together in the Council of Joy. So I just think that the more collaboration we have and the more, the more strength we have together, the more intention we can create for the world. So, you said something in there that the uh, that joy is the key to longevity. So I'm going to just ask you to bring some of your amazing research and history into the conversation and tell me what you mean by that. As most longevity therapists will talk to you about is, is that diet, exercise, heredity are the major factors that they know about that is, is uh, longevity related. Um, but in every study that they've done, uh, there's always this X factor, uh, something beyond diet. I mean, because there are people who eat terribly and live a very long life. And there are people who never get up and exercise and live a very long life. And uh, people whose whole family died before them very young and they live a long life. So what is it that, that sort of defies the research? And as I was reading all these different um, sociological studies, psychological studies, there were a lot of different factors that they, they found common to those people. And such things as living in a group of people that were uh, supportive, um, helpful, um, having a purpose in life, um, having a good attitude about life, having a positive attitude about, about life. I, I was looking for a, what they call a gut theory, a general unifying theory for all these things that were out there, amorphous things that were part of the joy formula. And it occurred to me after a while that the one thing that all these common, that it was common to all these things was that there was a joyness in them. And I went, aha. And then the research it made sense in terms of joy is a, a antidote to stress. Stress is a killer, as we know, it's one of the big killers. When you have stress, you have a lot of cortisol in your body, a lot of the stress hormone, long-term uh, stress hormone. Uh, it's, a, it's like the adrenaline is the short-term, the, the tiger's in your face and you're gonna, the, the cortisol is that you're walking through the forest and you sense that there's a tiger there, but you can't see him and, and you're just in this constant state. Stress is the killer, the, the dopamine and the serotonin that you get out of having the uh, joy state is the thing that makes longevity happen. It, it, it actually creates longer life. And so that's what I found. And um, when I started out, I thought, well, let me just write this stuff down because it's pretty good information to kind of maybe have all together. Maybe I'll write a book someday. I don't know. Mm -hmm. After I got to about 2,000 different things, a friend of mine who's an author said, nobody's going to read a book that has 2,000 things they got to keep track of. Why don't you focus on going at a higher level, more overview, principle level, um, a theoretical level, 
and boil it down to one a day, 365 salient, important uh, things that you believe to be at the top of the list. And so that's what I did with the book. I, I And she worked with me. She, bless her soul, she'd say, well, that's good, but can you say it in one sentence? <laughs> I can't say anything in one sentence. So the best stuff is the is what takes the longest. So congratulations. I read all 365 pages and they're quick, quick reads, but I think it's really, really important that that it keeps us in our top of mind. So I appreciate I appreciate that uh that that energy and did you read all 365? My I did. Well, it's I, actually, it's, it's simple because they're just one-liners, but yeah. they're, if you think about them and you're really focused and you go into a state of, of, of meditation, uh, contemplation, rumination, whatever you want to call it, prayer, um, and, and enter into that space with them, they have a lot of weight to them. And doing them is a whole lot harder, of course. Yeah. I mean, definitely absorbing them in a minute, you know, over a weekend, I, I tossed through them, but I'm going to order the book. So it's a coffee table book. So I will send oh, you one if uh, you oh, like my pleasure. I would be honored. Thank you so and much. Signature on there to you. Absolutely. All right. So the next question, I have so many. The X factor is what you talked a little bit about there. And people ask me that all the time. Like, who are you? How do you get to show up as this, you know, joyful human being? How do you know about stillness and meditation? So my question for you is, who are you? What's your X factor? Who taught you this stuff? Where did you get it, Mr. Oh, Abel, Dr. That, Abel? That's such a loaded question. <laughs> <laughs> I know you have the answer. <laughs> um, well, my mom said I came out laughing, not crying. So maybe it was something I was born with. I don't really know. Uh, I certainly had a, a, a very supportive uh nurturing family growing up in a, in a stable home. And, and I, I think that's important. It, it was not particularly a religious home, but I found religion when I was quite young. I was going to be a minister for the Presbyterian Church. And then um, I started traveling a little bit um, between high school and college and got really interested in uh, the Taoist philosophy of, of, of China and Buddhism of, of India and all over Asia. And so uh, my mind began to, to really see that the, the life of spirit was in, in, in the world and in me. And I think that was a big, big part of it. And uh, I studied with some of the most amazing teachers of both metaphysics uh, and psychology. And I mean, the list was so long of people that were at the forefront of the sort of the consciousness movement, the holistic health movement. Um, so I had, I, it would take forever to list all of them. I, I listed a lot of them in the book, um, but uh, it would just take too long. So that's my answer. Beautiful. So the next question is about expansion. So I believe, you know, in the laws of the universe, right? The laws of nature that our world contracts and expands, right? And Absolutely. I think we are meant to continue to expand. And joy for me is all about life expansion. In order for me to, I don't like to use the word potential so much, but for us to get to where, to the adventures and to the exciting jobs or careers or family or friends or cars or whatever it is it's really about how do i expand my joy to have more joy so what do you think about joy and expansion i just wanted to know if you could uh it is the thing that expands us 
Mm-hmm. It is, uh, and the focus on that expands this. Um, uh, living uh, a life of love and service is one of the first um, uh, things that brings joy to me. And it's one of the teachings in almost every religion, that love and service is what life's about. If you focus on that and have the joy of doing that, of, of loving people and having them love you back, automatic joy. If you have the joy of, of giving to somebody, especially those in need, uh, it expands the whole of society. It's that, that vasana that you have, that tendency that you have to do that, um, not only brings back to you tenfold what, in the karmic sense, is, is your, your uh, lesson that you're learning, is, is how to do that. That's the reinforcement side. But it also teaches them to give that to others. So it's like this expanding, passing forward concept that you're talking about. And of course, that's, that is, builds a joyous world. And I know the, there's the economy experience, that whole uh, piece with Dr. Pine and um, talking about corporations. So we, if we understand that personally, if we focus on joy, we get more joy personally. And now corporations are understanding it and accepting it and um, realizing that the bottom line is affected by that. What would you, what would, would you agree with that? Oh, of course. I mean, uh, the John Maxwell people, the the Tony Robbins people, all those people went to corporate because they knew it's the trickle down theory of joy. Uh, if they, as at a, an administrative level or as an executive level, they carry that, then the workers have it as well. And they perform better and they want to perform better because they're joyous. Trickle down theory of joy. Have you ever said that? No. That was great. You can have that. <laughs> Share it with all. <laughs> I love the trickle down theory. That is just, or trickle up is way, I don't know what, what that is exactly, but I think that sometimes maybe the janitor or the, you know, the, the people making the copies have as much or if not more joy than the other way around. I have a little story, just a, a second. I was yes. in Costco. I was walking out the door as everybody does. And I see people. I, I see them in their eyes. I, I get them instantly because of that. It's the old namaste. I salute the light of God within you. Mm-hmm. Um, so the guy's checking the, 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 the list and, and I, I saw him and I said, I hope you have a wonderful day. And he stopped me. And there's a whole long line by me. He said, I've been looking for somebody all day long that would look me in the eyes and see me. And you're the first one. It was four in the afternoon. And he was shocked that somebody actually saw him, a a checker at Costco. Mm -hmm. And so when we went out to the car, I said, I got to give him my book. So I went, signed it, saw his name was Randy, signed the book, went back. And I said, this is for you. This is this. And he said, he started crying actually. Uh, he said, I've been in such a deep depression, lost my job. My family is struggling. I'm here earning minimum wage. And you took the time to come back. Mm-hmm. And he said, I will spread this around. So here's a worker, as you said, trickle out, trickle up, whatever. And, and he was actually a, a very educated man doing this menial task because he wanted to feed his family. Mm-hmm. And I, you know what I hear in that story is how many other people look for that? 
how many other people just want to be seen? They don't have to rule the world. They don't need to be the president. Everyone wants to be seen. Uh, it drives some people crazy because they can't be seen. I think that's the cause of a lot of of narcissism in the world, and, and you know because nobody saw them as a child. They and and they want to be loved so much, and they want everybody to love them because they they really want to love themselves. And um, and and it it really shows up. And and people who aspire to power, uh, many of them had an empty, loveless childhood, and so forth. Uh, not to name names, but 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 a lot of political. Uh, people had that as a syndrome um, and then they want everybody to love them. That's all they want. Well, I just want to thank you for your joy and uh, your service, your your ability to do that, to actually stop and see people and hear people. I think that that goes so much farther than, I mean, writing books are wonderful and I know you've touched a lot of people, but um, I feel like the expansion that you created for that gentleman is just extremely powerful and priceless. So thank you for that. I have been blessed in ways in life because of it that I can't even explain, but I know it's it's part of the joy coming back. But, uh, and it allows, that's my Dharma. And being comfortable financially, I can give the books away uh, as much as I want, and I do. It is so wonderful. Sometimes they go in the trash can, I'm sure. But sometimes <laughs> they do make a difference. Well, they're going, it's going right up on my shelf back there. I can't wait to get it. So please do send. Next question, sir. What, so like you, I'm sure, the idea of creating a increased level of vibration on the entire planet around this concept of joy is where I'm going. And I'm sure that is exactly um, what your wish is as well. If you could address a social issue um, based on, having unlimited time and resources, what would that be? What specific social issue would that be? And then the further step question, the next question would be, what if we had that higher vibration in the planet? What's possible for everyone as far as, or every social issue in the country? It's without a doubt, a simple thing, but a very complex thing. It's education. If you are ignorant and and not to say that as a a, a um, sort of a, a criticism of someone but as if they haven't been able to learn it, it prevents them at so many levels in life fathom what you're talking about in terms of consciousness alvin toffler said it in the future the ignorant or i, I don't know exact quote but the ignorant won't be those who don't know how to read and write it, it will be those who do, don't know how to learn unlearn and relearn Mm. He wrote the work Future Shock back in the 70s. And to me, that's about what it's about, is learning certain things and then going out and testing them and finding out if they're true and then relearning from that experience. That ignorance in the world of what joy is uh, for a lot of people, that they're just focused. It isn't reading, writing, and arithmetic. Those are great. They're important. But I would focus more on the uh, psychosocial philosophy types of learning, teaching how to learn, learning in that realm at a, at a little bit higher level. I would teach philosophy in classes from early on. One interesting thing, I gave the book to um, one of my uh, son's teachers. Uh, it, it was like 
third grade or second grade teachers because she was a, a very academically oriented person. Then she asked if I had an extra to give to the principal of the school. And so the principal started reading the book in their staff meetings. And this is in an elementary school. And I, I don't know if it was because of this, but certainly they're more focused in his school on character than content of books. Uh, they, they, they teach him the, the basics, but they really work on character. All of the walls in the gymnasium where they eat their, their lunches are these memes, sayings, uh, pithy little uh, slogans. Um, what's important, they have these principles that they have to live by in the school. So mm -hmm. I think that's where it's at is education. I love that. Politics only lead us to to polarities, I think. And and uh, if 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 people really saw that we're just one people on this planet, and that we would do better rather than spending all our money and killing each other, but helping each other, those kinds of things come through education. Education could solve many many of those social issues. So I appreciate that. Have you ever dropped your phone on the floor, on your face, or in some other embarrassing place? Don't you wish there was something you could attach to your phone case that would help you hold your phone so you don't have to, or at least as much? Introducing Steady Straps, a comfortable, adjustable, strong, elastic strap with 100% Velcro brand closures that helps you hold your phone more securely without dropping it and use it easier and faster, especially one-handed. It's the only smartphone grip accessory without adhesives, and it's 100% wireless charging ready without having to remove or adjust it first. Check us out at SteadyStraps.com and order some today. In your book, you have a statement that says, joy is having learned what to, just what you just said, education. Joy is having learned that to worry excessively every day is a surefire method of reducing the number of days a person will have left in which they can still worry. <laughs> yeah, 22, right? That is so painful. <laughs> <laughs> it's cortisol again. Cortisol, cortisol, cortisol. You worry all the time. It contracts your, uh, your it runs your blood pressure up, contracts all of the vascular systems in the body. Uh, it, uh, it accelerates your heart rate. It does a lot of nasty physiological things to your immune system. And so uh, it worries, stress, all, all that little all those cortisol creating uh, activities that we do. And, and the, in the, the, the funny thing is, there's rarely a tiger stalking us in the forest. <laughs> Very rarely. It's all in our minds. <laughs> it's the craziness. And so, um, yeah, um, it'll, it'll cut your life short if you keep doing that. Yeah. And if you just let go and be in the moment and, and say, well, you know, I'm, I'm just going to take things as they come and, and there's no tiger really out there. It's all in my mind. It's, it's an illusion. One of my great teachers, Chinmayananda, said, you know, all of life is just an illusion of your mind. Great one. A great one. Beautiful. You know, what I love best about you is the, is the fact that this is as simple as I want it to be for the world, right? There is no tiger in the woods. And if that were the case, somebody would help you even if, right? And so mm -hmm. like, let's just get to the fact that our lives are about um, purposefully 
enjoying each moment and expanding that joy to others. I think those are our two main objectives in the world. It is simple. And at the same time, it's that thing about, it's about our lives that we're ordinary and we're unique at the same time. Joy is simple and complex at the same time. Having it is as easy as if you allow it, uh, but getting there if you don't is a long journey sometimes for people. Would you mind, um, one of the things I want to do on this podcast is just give people the sheer delight of um, something very random. Um, so I want to see if you will play along with me. Uh, one okay. Of the <laughs> <laughs> I love to play. <laughs> one of the things I did about 20 years ago was to sit out on a chair at, at, a, at a hotel I was at. I was near the ocean and I really was just in a place of exhaustion, you know, just, you know, that tiredness and like, what is this all about? And uh, I was actually in a custody battle and I took a couple of deep breaths and I tapped into some amazing moments of joy with my with my daughters. And minutes later, I got a call that said um, the custody battle was over. And so what I learned that day was that there's a lot to be said about stillness and about joy and joyful memories. So um, that is the practice that we're teaching around the chair of joy. So first, let me ask you, if you could point to a chair of joy in your house, where would that be? Oh, probably my easy chair. <laughs> the answer a lot of people have. Yeah, so I have this recliner that my son will climb up on the arm of and will cuddle. And he, I was a person that, that never was going to have children. And so that, that intimacy of having him just cuddle with me is something that I'm so glad I didn't miss in life because it's, it's luscious, it's delicious. And, and, uh, and then that's where I do a lot of my contemplation of, uh, it, it looks out onto my Japanese garden. I have a completely Japanese house that uh, I've built over the last 30 some odd years here. And uh, it is my Zen space. It is uh, filled with Japanese antiques and, and the memorabilia from traveling the world and all of it. it's my stuff, but it's also my space. And uh, it looks out into a, right now, a snow-covered Japanese garden, which is beautiful in the snow as it is anywhere else. So I have that view from the chair and of the house. So that's my space. How old is your son? You said 12? Nine. Nine, I'm sorry. So well, you're, you're 74, your nine-year-old son, you're 74 years young, you have a nine-year-old son and wow, <laughs> he says, wow. What a lucky young man, first of all. I do believe I am one of the luckiest people in the world. Oh. Uh, and, you know, I, and, and part of why I got on this whole journey of joy and, and longevity was I want to uh, savor it as long as I can possibly savor it. And, and uh, I used to joke with a friend of mine who was a biochemist at UCLA. We were teaching there. And, um, and, <laughs> and he said, we're both going to be centenarians and i went okay it's a deal he's now living in argentina has faced a lot of health issues he's in close to 80 now and i said you're going to make it another 20 years i'm going to try you know <laughs> beautiful beautiful i know i read that in your book and i was like i am on that train with you i cannot wait all right so what i want you to do is just close your eyes for just a minute we're going to play this little game if you will or this little practice and um, i want you to imagine yourself in that beautiful easy boy chair and your son is nearby. And I want you to take a deep breath in. 
And I want to see if you can tap into one of the most joyful memories that you have had in your entire life. And um, it's okay if nothing comes, but I'm sure there's many. And if you could tap into one in detail, could you share that with me? Give me a moment. There's too many. I got to simplify. It's a very strange one. Please share, if you don't mind. My mother passed away when I was 17, 18, 18. I, I, you know, I, it, was a, it was a hole in my life that was a big, big hole. As a therapist, I, I would see a lot of people. And uh, one day this woman comes in uh, and she's, she's in her 70s at that time uh, uh, and had been a, a very famous movie actress and, and uh, had all the success in life, but was more on a spiritual journey. She quit being a, a major actress um, in, her, in the 1950s. The last film she did was with Lloyd Bridges uh, called Rocket Ship XM. I worked with her for a while and she wanted to, to get her mind free to be thin again. She had gained weight. Over the months of months of working with her, we became quite close. She was a very spiritual woman and, and we, we, we had a lot in common. Uh, one day she canceled. She said, I won't be in for a while. My ex-husband's dog's dying. And um, I had recorded a album of music called Rivers of the Heart of songs, of spiritual songs. And she asked if she could have one of the tapes. I gave her one. She said that helped her with the dog passing and everything else. But in that moment when she came back and, and, and she looked me straight in the eyes and she said, I don't know if you can handle this. When I was in 1940s, I was married to one of the, um, the, uh, the Manhattan Project doctors who had cancer and I got pregnant. And in 1946, I lost that baby and you were born in 1946. So I think maybe you were the reincarnation of that baby. Kind of a freaky thought. She said, I want you to be my son and I'll be your mother because we neither have, we don't have that. And I thought she was joking, but for the rest of her life, she was like a mother and I was like a son. Oh my God. I just absolutely have so much joy just listening to that story. And when did she pass? About 15 years ago. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And the interesting thing is that my current wife, I met because of that process of her passing. Um, she was one of the home care nurses that came in and I opened the door one day and I thought I'd never find somebody that could put up with my crazy way of living and who I was. And I opened up the door and I went, oh my God, it's her. It took my wife a year to figure that out, but I knew it instantly. <laughs> and we've been so joyously married for 15 years now. It feels like she yeah. gave you, it feels like, congratulations. It feels like the movie actress, I don't think you said her name, but moved moved uh, you into a new space of her or some sort of gift that she granted before she passed. Yeah, and she said, you marry that girl on her deathbed. She said, you know, um, <laughs> I'm kind of in love with Lisa, but she's a little bit, you know, she said, you marry that girl. She's perfect for you. And of course, she had spent many hours with her and got to know her over a year and, and everything. So, yeah, it was, it was a blessing and, and, a, uh, and a passing of, of love. We're going to take this just one minute more. If you could do one more deep breath and um, just tap into one more quick joyful moment. I'd love to hear one more, one more moment. So deep breath in. I always ask people to hold it for four. 
standing sail. Another place, number another time. One more joyful moment. It's a funny one. Ah, I love funny. Okay. I'm a scuba diver, love scuba diving, and went to the Great Barrier Reef, of course, because that's the Mecca. Going out on the boat, there were a couple from the Midwest. A lady had learned to scuba dive in a, uh, a quarry. Mm -hmm. and, uh, so we get out to this dive platform that's anchored to the reef, and I suited up real quick, anxious to go. And I had a little Japanese young man that was going to be my partner because I speak Scotians a little bit, Japanese. And uh, anyway, uh, I hear the splash and this woman is going down like a rock with her snorkel in her mouth to the bottom, which is a bad thing. So uh, I looked over at the dive master. I'm the only one suited up. I went down there. I gave her my snorkel. She wouldn't give it back. I mean, my uh, mouth, uh, my respirator. Uh, and so I took hers. It was off. She hadn't even turned her tanks on. And I'm trying, and she was a very heavy woman. She probably pushed 300 pounds. And I tried to get her belt off of her so that she could get up, but it had lead weights all the way around. She had about 70 pounds of weight on her, 80 pounds of weight on that belt. Finally, I just popped her CO2 as we went to the top. And the first thing out of her mouth is she screams, Henry, I told you I didn't want to go diving in the very leaf. And everybody's laughing, of course, <laughs> but it was serious. And then she turned to me and she said, thank you for saving my life. That was a joyous moment. Beautiful. I'm so glad you were in the place and at the time. So, And um, I got to dive for free all summer because the dive master said, you saved my dive ticket. I couldn't have taught anymore. Um, and so he got me a job with the Australian Institute of Marine Science. So that was free <laughs> dives every day. Feel free to save more lives, please, sir. <laughs> What's that? He probably said, please feel free to save more lives. <laughs> no, he was pretty freaked out that he wasn't on it. It wasn't yeah. the first one suited up, yeah. which is kind of their protocol. And he, he, he dropped the ball. Yeah. And she would have drowned for sure. All right. Let's take the moments um, real quick just to wrap up this chair of joy opportunity that we're talking about today. Take the actress. I, I don't know if you said her first name or not, or if you wanted to. Did you? I don't mind. Uh, oh. It was Osa Masson. Okay. She was a, she starred with Betty Davis and Ronald Reagan. And I mean, she was a big forties actress. Beautiful. So the moment with Osa and the moment um, with the gal who almost drowned when she said, thank you for saving me life. What would you say if, if you could connect those two joyful, incredibly goosebump moments that I got together with one word, one essence of a word, what would that word be? Wow. Cause they're, they're different, very different things. One is service. And one was pure love. So there's actually the yin yang. So that's the best I can do. That's perfect. So would you say that that your joy is when you are in service or feeling love for others? That's joy for you. That's absolutely true. That's right at the beginning of the book. Okay. You know, that's why I put it at the beginning of the book is if if you do that and nothing else in life, you will have joy. So thank you for sharing those two memories. The Chair of Joy is just a place to make the intangible tangible, right? To give some time and energy to the amazing free amount of joy that we already have and to give the ability to expand on what you already know to be true. So thank you for sharing and going through that process with me. My, my drive and my goal is to make sure that everyone in the world has a Chair of Joy and sits in it. I love the concept. Thank you. All right. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm just, I, there's so many people that use the book for seminars. I'm going to put it out to every one of them to do what you just did with me. Yeah. 
Awesome. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. That's powerful. Thank you. All right. So I just know that uh, I hope we get to collaborate. We're going to have a conversation about this another time. But I just know when I saw your book, I was like, I need to talk to this man and get him on the podcast immediately and um, learn more about longevity. And so I appreciate you uh, th uh, talking and taking time with us today. If there is one way that our audience could support you in moving whatever you're working on forward, what would that be? What would that look like? And how do we get a hold of you? Okay. Um... I'm too old and I'm too busy being a daddy to run around the world and teach uh, anymore. Um, the book is it for me, you know, um, this is it. You know, if um, people get this and do this, my work in this world is happening. Um, that was my little sneaky little son and snipping by right there. He just, oh, just I missed him. <laughs> anyway, um, that's it. The book, um, just telling people about it, getting the book from Amazon. It's on Amazon. Joy is dot, 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 365 keys to longevity. That's the thing that, that if it's done and it expands, um, who knows? I just, uh, shipped up, I packed up two books last night, one to President Biden and one to Vice President Kamala Harris. You know, I would love to see everybody in the nation focus on joy, not hate. That would be a big deal. I don't think that uh, we could leave this interview with any better words. I think everyone in the world could focus on joy. Where would we be? And so together, I hope we collaborate some more. And um, I know that we will continue a relationship in the future. And I know that until the both of us come to the last days of our lives, we will be talking and sharing this concept of joy. <laughs> All right. You have a great day. And uh, I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much for um, uh, doing what you do and having me on your show. I appreciate it. You're welcome. This show has been produced by Market Domination, LLC. To discover how you can have your own show completely done for you and turn it into a real published book and become the authority in your marketplace, go to www.marketdominationllc.com slash podcast offer.